Welcome to What You're Drinking with your host, Chris Doyle. Hi everyone, welcome to an episode 10 of What You're Drinking podcast. I am your host, Chris Doyle, and on this show, like last week's, I'm going to go straight into a review, my thoughts on the latest episode of AEW Dynamite that I watched tonight. Love the episode, really good. Um, second week in a row that I've sat and watched the whole whole show, and it was it was awesome. I'm not going to waste too much time. I'm going to get straight into it, but I do just want to remind everybody that if you're watching on YouTube, this is mainly audio version only now. You can get the audio version on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can listen on YouTube, which is fine. It's on most pl- uh, podcast platforms, so just search for it, what you're drinking, and look for that logo. You can also follow me on Twitter, at what you're drinking, or you can search for Chris Doyle on Facebook, and just look for the what you're drinking logo. Alright, so to move straight into the the review of the Dynamite show, we're kicking it off with Ortiz from the Inner Circle versus Cody Rhodes. So, <clears throat> excuse me, just joking. Um, so, during the match, Jake the Snake shows up and he's got Lance Archer in tow. So... My immediate thought on this while I was watching was um, it's kind of a poor reveal. I know a lot of us were sort of expecting it to be Lance Archer or possibly Luke Harper, but um, it was kind of flat, I thought. Um, I don't know why they didn't build it up more, especially with the introduction of Jake last week. I think that got a good bit of buzz. Jake's promo got millions of views on um, on YouTube, so they really could have capitalised on that a little bit more. But we'll we'll see where it goes in the upcoming weeks. It was a decent match. It went on a little bit too long for me. Um, I like Cody, but I'm not a huge huge fan. The way this crowd was, this crowd absolutely loved him. Um, but I just thought it was, the match went on a little bit too long didn't need to be as long but decent first match, decent opener we sort of get the forwarding of the Jake storyline we know it's Lance Archer now so that'll be Cody's programme going forward we'll just see what happens after the match or well, I should say during the match they were talking a little bit the commentators about the Blood and Guts pay-per-view coming up after the match, as soon as it was over, JR says something here on commentary, and um, he says that the Blood and Guts match, it's going to be submission or surrender. Submission or surrender. But yet, they still hadn't done the rules reveal. That was to come later in the show. There was no mention of submission or surrender before. I thought JR slipped up here. He gave a spoiler. 
maybe, maybe not, but it definitely seemed that way to me. I thought of it straight away. Going, did he just spoil the rules? I, I thought we were supposed to build up to that later on in the show, and we'll get back to that later on. After the match, Inner Circle attacked uh, Nick Jackson backstage, and um, yeah, it was you know it was a good angle. Got it, it was a the seed was planted for what was going to happen in the main event down the line. So they got rid of Nick Jackson out there. I started thinking at this point when I was sitting watching, we were about 20 minutes in now and I was thinking, all right, you know, maybe, maybe this is new news at all, but it just sort of dawned on me as I was watching. This show was definitely aimed at a teenage audience to, young adults it's definitely not pg you know so far we've heard prick dipshit now we see a man with presumably his head caved in by a, a garage door and blood pouring out of his mouth i was thinking wow what i you know my kids my boys are almost four they're not quite got the attention span to sit through a show like this yet but when they do in the next year or so, I was thinking, would I actually let my boy sit and watch this with me? And I think the answer is no. But it's obviously not aimed at that demographic. But um, but I don't know why I'm bringing that up. It just sort of dawned on me at this moment while I was watching. I sort of had this epiphany and it was just a thought that was going through my head. But... It is what it is, and I enjoy it for what it's worth for me. But, uh, yeah, it's obviously, if I'm watching wrestling with my boys, I'll probably be flicking on something WWE. Up next was the women's tag. We had Nyla, Dee Priestley, Sheeta, and Statlander. This one, I sort of lost a little bit of interest. Um don't have a lot invested in these girls I was doing other stuff and I did what see bits and pieces and a few moves here and there and it looked okay I suppose it's four of the the better girls in the company um some they look some stuff looked crisp and good at the finish looked good and um uh, yeah it, it wasn't too bad it was okay from what I've seen, but like I say, I'm not totally invested in in these girls yet. They really have to work on this division and try and try and get us interested. Go to Chris Daniels' uh, vignette about his feud with the Dark Order. I thought this was great, brilliant. It was really good. It was on you know a green screen, just him standing there doing a a promo, little cutaways. I thought it was a great pro, uh, promo, forwarded the storyline. Every promo doesn't need to be music hits, guy comes to the ring, stands in the middle of the ring, cuts a five-minute promo, then leaves. Doesn't need to be that. Don't even have to have promos live on the mic, standing backstage talking you know, to an announcer. These vignettes are brilliant. Forward the storyline, get them out of the arena environment, um, something different everybody has different ones like Darby Allen later on his was short but different um, 
different feeling all to it. These are these are good. These are perfect vignettes. We I think we should see more of these. Moving on was then Butchering the Blade with MJF versus Jurassic Express. Excuse me. So with this one, usually when I'm watching AEW, you know, because I know I'm going to do the podcast afterwards, I, I take notes. I've got a pen and pad. I'm sitting watching it on the TV or sometimes on the iPad. And um, I usually just jot down notes brief shorthand notes this one during this match i just sort of forgot about my notepads i just sat back enjoyed the match enjoyed what was happening i thought it was perfect brilliant very enjoyable mjf was was great perfect great heel you know doing all the chicken shit stuff and then everybody was really enjoyable in their own way. Everybody came in, done what they needed to do. Even Marco stunting this, his involvement wasn't ridiculous. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going toe to toe with the butcher, for example. Um, he did hit him with a DDT, but it was sort of a double team with uh, Jungle Boy. It was just brilliant. It was fun. It was the right length. Everybody got their shine. I really liked it. I got lost and I just sat and enjoyed it the way you're supposed to as a fan. And really, it was really, really good. It was my highlight of the night. Definitely the Butcher Blade MJF versus Jurassic Express match. Definitely my highlight of the night. Then we come with something that's becoming regular and something that's becoming quite enjoyable i find tony shivani and Britt baker promo Britt's getting really good talking coming across as a as a you know a bad guy like she's supposed to she's doing a great job then they were interrupted by big swole it was she was good too on the mic i i've thought she'd done really well i was happy that i didn't actually have to see her wrestle because she was horrible in the ring that last couple of times that I've saw seen her. <coughs> Excuse me. Just gonna have a little drink here. <clears throat> yeah, the last few times I've seen her in the ring. So um But she done well here on the promo. It was great. There was sort of some inside stuff and talking about boyfriends and husbands and I like the and married baby so obviously the adam cole throw to Britt baker but then after this was over i actually had to google big swole and have a look and find out who she was married to because i didn't know so i, I got that sort of went over my head for your information if you don't know like i didn't it's she's actually married to cedric alexander and from raw wwe raw but uh yeah, it was a good promo from them. I think Britt's doing really good and maybe we're going down the route of Britt Baker and Big Swole. It's hard to tell. You know, everything in AEW isn't obvious. They may have a feud. They may build to a bigger match or they may not next week. It might be somebody else, but we'll see how it goes. Next match was Death Triangle. 
the newly formed trio versus Private Party and Joey Janela. With this one, it was a decent match, I suppose. You know, the crowd were into it the whole way through, cheering, really excited about it. It was very athletic, all the stuff the guys were doing. It's not the type of match that really gets me. It's not what I like to see in wrestling. It's not what I prefer. I sort of get numb to all the flips and dive and it's just constant, you know, running and, you know, jumping up onto the top rope, flipping to guys on the outside with guys catching them. Yeah, it's this sort of match isn't for me, but some fans love it and the crowd loved it. The crowd were into it. The thing, AEW seems to be given, you know, a little bit of everything. So for the people that like this sort of match, you know, they, they, they provide it for them. But, yeah, I was, it got to a stage and I was watching, like, oh, not another die. You know, there's there's just no, the work, it's, they're going 100 miles an hour all the time. And I just, yeah, I like to see. I like to see something a little bit more believable and a little bit more selling in some of the action, you know. But but you can't question the athleticism of the guys in the ring. That's for sure. It was it was um, phenomenal. Some of, some of the stuff they were doing. And another thing, I was glad Pentagon went easy on his hand gesture thing that he does. The last time I seen him. Man, he overdone that hand thing. He must have done it about 15 times in one match. It was horrible, so I was glad he only done it once or twice in this. So that was that was pretty good. Then before the break, we go we get a promo from Dustin. He claims he's all dressed up now. He's got his face paint on. He's in his gear. He's ready to wrestle. And he claims he is going to be Adam Spade's partner, whether he likes it or not. Adam Page had a mystery partner tonight. This, I didn't think it was going to be Dustin. You know, it was like, okay, Dustin's going to come out, but Adam's going to have someone else in mind because you would imagine that he would have somebody else in mind. But uh, that wasn't the case. Before we get to the main event match, though, then we get the Blood and Guts rules announcement. So went through the rules, the usual sort of war games rules where two guys start in the ring and then every five minutes someone else enters and then when everybody's in, the match starts. But yes, JR did spoil the rules. There are no pinfalls and it is submission or surrender. So you have to submit or give up. No pinfalls will win this match. So JR put his his foot in his mouth at the start. I don't know if a lot of people would notice, but yeah, I definitely did. Then we get a JR sit down with Mox. It was pretty good. It was short. Everything it needed to be. We got to hear from Moxley about why he wasn't there and what he thought of the attack last week and um, what he plans on doing about it. So it was it was good. Didn't need to see him in the ring this week obviously they're building towards this um blood and guts match in two weeks so 
if they want to do a rematch with Mox and Jericho before Jericho leaves for his his Fozzy tour, um, it's a good way to keep Mox off TV for a couple of weeks. You know, he doesn't need to be there, but this sit down promo sort of keeps us up to date on what what's going on with him. Main event time, it was Jericho and Sammy versus Paige and his mystery partner. During the entrances, again, I was thinking, how long can Jericho stay as a heel with this entrance and with the sing-along? And It's great, don't get me wrong, I enjoy it, but it's going, oh, he's going to have to turn soon, no? He's going to have to... I don't, I can't see it happening anytime soon, but it's sort of, you get that sort of vibe from it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that plays out too. Paige's partner then came down and it was Dustin, which was surprising to me. I, I thought that we would get a reveal or a surprise or somebody else or some sort of friction there. But Tony done really well here to say to us, oh, Paige wanted to do this alone he wanted to do this like darby allen done it last week and i thought that was really good because it sort of covers up for the fact that everyone would think that page had a partner in mind somebody else you know his actual partner was sitting backstage and then dustin just um you know took the spot off him but i thought tony covered it up really well in commentary here it was a good tag team match it didn't drag on too long. It was, you know, it was what it, I always say this a lot. It's what it needed to be, you know. There was one point in this match that bugged me, irritated me. Uh, Sammy goes for a pin on Dustin that to do a move off the top or something. Sammy goes for the pin. The ref goes one, two, and then he clearly just pushes Dustin's leg to help him sort of roll out of the pin. And it's as clear as that. It's so obvious the camera's looking right on it. And it's not something I've seen too often before, if ever. And it just really, really irritated me. And it's just little things like that sometimes when you spot them. It really, you know, takes you out of it and you go, oh this is bullshit, you know, and you sort of, I don't know, maybe, maybe a look at looking at it a little too, bit too closely, but little things are bug you, I suppose, and that was just one of them, um, I don't know if anybody else would have noticed it, but it was something I've noticed, but uh, yeah, apart from that, that was something little, like I said, and just something that niggled at me a little bit, but Page and Dustin go on to win, and like I said, great match. Everything needed to be. Then came the beatdown afterwards. Um, who came back first now? I'm trying to remember. Was it, it wasn't Cody. Oh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega ran out first, and then he got beat down. Obviously, then Cody came out, and as they were going up to put Page through the the table, like they done to Mox last week. Then Matt Jackson appears and he gets he gets a bit of a comeback and a bit of a fight on with them, but the numbers game beats him. They beat him down and again more you know flipping the bird to each other. Um 
think I think at some stage there was a bit more cursing. I think Jericho might have there was more language and stuff and again just moments like that I just wonder you know I'd love to watch this with my kids but maybe it just wouldn't be suitable for them but overall for me sitting here after the kids go to bed um sitting back and watched it i enjoyed this show thoroughly they're they're holding on to me i, I watched the first few episodes you know web you know three or four months whenever whenever it started and they had me for you know the first month two months it was good but there was so much bad stuff on the show that it kind of turned me away and there was stuff i really didn't like and but now they seem to be getting into the swing of things. Things are looking good. They're getting a good balance on the show. And um, they got rid of some of the crap that wasn't working. You know, the the Nightmare Collective and stuff like that. I think with the Dark Order. Oh, that's the other thing we're going to see. Find out apparently who the Exalted One is next week. If it is going to be Matt Hardy. That might be the only reason they're sort of holding on to this. Because there has been a lot of you know negativity towards that group and that angle on social media and on with the fan base so possibly if it's matt hardy or maybe luke harper because they are expected and sort of rumored to be coming to aw at some stage so those would be the two guys you would expect one of one of the other for that role but it'll be really really interesting and and yeah, they've, I'll be back next week to watch. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to my thoughts and what I thought of it. And I'd like to hear if you agree, disagree, hit me up. Like I say, find me on Twitter at what you drinking. And just remember, whenever we talk what you drinking, you always drop the G. Like on the logo, just look at the logo. W-H-A-T-Y-A. D-R-I-N-K-I-N. What you drinking? And on Facebook, search Chris Doyle. And um, just look out for the logo as well. And of course, YouTube and all popular podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Hit me up and I will chat to you all next week. Oh! <laughs>